Hey everyone, welcome to Hosted. This is the podcast where we get to turn the tables a bit and talk to the folks who are typically the ones asking all of the questions, and that is podcast hosts. Today I'm super stoked to have George G on Hosted. He is the host of Lifeblood Podcast, which features professionals and subject matter experts, publishing daily. So impressive. George is also the chief community officer at the Money Alignment Academy. He is a financial advisor, has been doing that for 20 plus years. He's also been named Investopedia's top 100 financial advisors for three consecutive years. That's incredible. Amazing, George. Well, thank you. And I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to be here. I will try not to ask you questions. I'll try just to respond, but we'll see how that goes, Brandy. Here's the deal. Like we're just we're just two buddies having a conversation. So feel free to ask questions. A couple people totally from the acceptable. Midwest. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, just yeah. chatting. We're just gonna <laughs> chat it up. But my neighbor from Minnesota. Love it. <laughs> Great. Well, George, let's start off with talking about why you even entered the world of podcasting. So I didn't know what podcasts were uh, previous to probably 2014. And then I discovered that I'm, I'm like, these are amazing. Podcasts are incredible. There's podcasts on everything. They're free. They come with you everywhere you go. You can just, you know, turn them on whenever. And so I thought, okay, these are great. And then I thought, well, why can't I start a podcast? And so a friend and I, Satari Minor, we started a podcast called Figure It Out in 2016. And the pandemic slowed us down a little bit, but we're still doing that one occasionally. And so I sort of figured out how to do podcasts. And I really, I really loved it. Like, this is a lot of fun. And I thought, why don't I start a podcast for my professional work? Mm -hmm. And so I started thinking about it and launched Money Savage, which is today Lifeblood in 2018. So that is how I got started. Why the name change? So it started out, I was just, you know, that's one of the cool things about podcasts is you can do a podcast on anything and it's your podcast. So you can do it however you want. And I thought, I'm just, I, I thought what I'm interested in doing is bringing forth as many good ideas as possible. So even though I'm a financial advisor, my work is focused around um, helping regular everyday people like me get better at money. And I thought, why don't I bring on other financial advisors, bring forth their best ideas and hopefully doing that, that'll help more people. So I started out just interviewing other financial advisors and I have to remember, cause it's been a long time now. Uh, I think I was just doing once a week and then it started twice a week and then three times a week. And then you eventually get bored just talking to other financial advisors, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> How is that even possible? Right. It sounds I like it's a thrilling, exciting conversation. Nonstop. <laughs> and so I started expanding the kinds of conversations that, that, that we were having. And it really became more of a show about human flourishing. And then I had a new client and I was onboarding the client and they called me and they said, George, we love everything so far, but one of our employees is really, really offended by the name Money Savage. And it like hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, oh my gosh, what? What are you even talking about? 
So turns out she uh, is Native American. And so the term savage was, was offensive to her. And then when you combine it with money, there's deeper meaning to that as well. So after long conversations and a lot of thought and the direction that I wanted to show it to move in and everything else, that was what motivated the rebrand towards Lifeblood. So that's where we are today. Wow. That has a, a, a bigger story wrapped around it than I was anticipating. Mm, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And, and did you end up, were they, did they end up becoming a client of yours? They did. They did. Yeah. Yep. They're still a great client. And um, so it was a, a wonderful learning experience in a million different capacities. And there's a lot of conversations like similar to that going on in the world today. Mm -hmm. And I'm always, I'm always super interested in, in being a part of all those conversations. Fundamentally, I'm interested in putting myself on the hook for things and for doing my best to, to be a part of moving the conversation forward. And so I had the opportunity to do that, say, okay, you know, like I recognize, even though part of me says that this is silly, that somebody's offended by this or not feeling good about it. I recognize that that it's a real thing. And if I'm in a position to do something about it and to, like I said, move the conversation forward, I'm interested in doing that. And it wasn't that big of a deal making the making a name change. So Yeah. And it's really important to be open to having conversations. Even if you obviously your intentions were not to offend. It was really just creating a, a title for your podcast that made sense for you at the time. We, like, at, even at Kitcaster, we've had a lot of conversations where people have felt a certain way about you know, either the way that we, you know, I used to use just, I, I don't know if this is a Midwest thing, but I say guys mm -hmm. all the time, <laughs> call everyone guys. Hey guys. And I really had to, to, to make a shift as it was brought to my attention that that just didn't feel good for a number of people. So um, now I've adopted a, a, a Southern take. I just say y'all. Yeah, folks, y'all. <laughs> y'all and folks. So I think it's really, it's really important for, for everyone to be open to feedback and to be open to change. So well done. I, th I think that that's right. And I am not woke. I am not against people that are woke. So this is not a function of me just wanting to go with the flow because everybody else says that I should do a certain thing. In fact, it's quite the opposite of that. I, I am not that way at all. When somebody tells me something like that, my sort of the neck on or the hair on my back and the neck stands up and my impulse is to push back. But that's just my initial impulse. It's the whole fast and slow part of my brain. So it's important for me to, to sort of articulate that, that to your point, this is part of a, a very nuanced and long internal conversation and then external with the people that are stake, for lack of a better term, stakeholders with the show and my business. Because while it's not that big of a deal to rebrand a show after a thousand episodes or something like that, it's not a small deal either. So sure. I entered into the conversation and thought about it from as many different angles as I possibly could. And recognizing that I don't want my wake to be offensive to other people is certainly part of it, but not the only part of it. Yeah. And it also, you know, opening up the door for broader conversations, ultimately. So, you know, thinking about that, who do you enjoy having on your show? I mean, you're publishing daily. <laughs> That's a lot yeah. of content. So who's, who's your favorite type of guest? In the financial world, there's something called lifestyle creep or strategy creep, where all of a sudden, 
I'm doing more things than I initially set out to do. And that's kind of a negative thing. And when I'm doing a personal finance show, and then all of a sudden I'm talking about relationships and parenting and, and sex and exercise. Well, people could be like, what in the world's going on here? (laughs) And I think in a lot of ways, that's maybe not the best thing, but it's what I wanted to do. And so when I made the decision to do that, I just started doing it. But then I started to incorporate other formats for the show. So it was Money Savage Engage to talk about success and Money Savage Create for mm-hmm. talking about entrepreneurship. And I found that that was helpful to, to potential guests who would, when I'd reach out to people, I'd say, hey, Brandy, I'd love for you to come on the show. And Brandy, you'd be like, but this is a show about personal finance. I say, no, we also talk about healthy living. See, so we have this format for it. And so I, I think I come out, came out with like seven different formats or something like that. But I just, I, I became interested in just having conversations around human flourishing. I want people to fundamentally, it's, it's, it's my goal to help people get better so they can live the lives that they're, that they're interested in living. And so the show is 20 minutes long. And so I thought, you know what, that's, that's pretty digestible. Those are pretty small bites where you can bring on somebody and just kind of get their greatest hits in a short amount of time. And people can do it while they're making dinner or on the commute to work or whatever. So my favorite kind of guest is just somebody who's super engaged and uh, super excited about the work that they're doing. They're bringing enthusiasm and, and energy. And I'm interested in learning something that's, that's new. And do they know what to expect coming into the conversation? Do you, do you prep your guests with predetermined questions? Do they, are they the same? I do. I am a, yes, everybody, we, we, at this point, and even when I created different formats, it was still pretty similar. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, 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 the flow of the show, the structure, how I introduce, how I close the show. And yes, I, I share the format with all of my guests in advance because I want them to know what they're getting themselves into. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's a, a part of the show where I'll go, come on. And if I just sprung that on people, I think that that would freak them out a little bit. So I also want them to know that I'm going to be yelling at them, not at them, but just during the show. And also that I am doing a daily show that requires that I'm on top of all of my systems and processes, and that it's all very repeatable. So I'm not having to go and reinvent the wheel or wonder, what am I going to talk to Brandy about that today? Because I already have a pretty good idea of how the conversation is going to go. Yeah, I think that's really important for that cadence to have consistency in the format. It would be really challenging to to throw something new each and every day. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, I I learned that early on in my, my career, just... If you have a process, it's better for you. For me, as a as the professional, it's better for the, the the it's better for the clients. It's better for my prospects, and in this case, it's better for the guests and it's better for the listener if they know what they can expect when they're coming into it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, something interesting that I'm curious, just because you do have a daily show, as I advance through my career. And figuring out what my day looks like and when I'm optimal to do certain tasks in my day. Do you record during the same hours every day? Is there an optimal time for George to podcast every day? Um, Yes. So when I started way back in the day, and I started in January of 18, so we're coming up on like four and a half years, give or take. 
and I would actually batch all of them on Mondays. Oof. And that was uh, that was fine. Now I, I spread them out throughout the course of the week, and I love early mornings. So this morning I did a show at six, and I did a show at six thirty. And I will do, not to bore people to death, but I do a show on Monday morning at six. I do two shows, six and six thirty, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and then I sprinkle in shows later in the day at 1.30 my time for folks that are also on the West Coast because I'm in Arizona, so I'm on West Coast time. So some folks in California don't want to get up at 5 a.m. and a lot of folks don't want to get up at 6 a.m. even to do a podcast with me. Some do, and I really give them credit for that, but I love starting my day. And also I I don't have, I I don't necessarily, I I, I do, this is not my job. It's part of what I do but I have, I have another career on top of it and I've got two little kids and lots of responsibilities. So if I can get my podcast done in the morning, it makes sense. But I also, what, what, what a better way, what finer way to start your day than to get to meet a new person and to have a really cool conversation. The next question is what time do I wake up? Yeah, I was just going to, yes, please. I wake up at uh, 3.40 in the morning. Oh my goodness. Let's wow. go. <laughs> what happens between 3.40 and 6? I wake up. I uh, hop on the exercise bike, do a quick workout. I will then go and publish the podcast for the day. So I push that out, drink a ton of water, do some stretching, some breath work. Then I write because I also blog on a daily basis. And so I write uh, up until it's time to go shower. And then we're off and running. So... Incredible. So what, you must go to bed at about five, between five and six? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 try to, I try to be in bed for eight hours. So I yeah. try to be in bed at about 7.45, whether I fall asleep or not. That's a whole nother animal, but try to be in bed for eight hours, at least seven. So. Impressive. Really impressive. How old are your kids? Five and two. Okay. All right. So that time kind of works. It does. It yeah. does. Yeah. I, you know, I've always, I get up at five. So I, and everyone in my office thinks that that's insanity. And I, my kids are, are getting older. I have a high schooler and a middle schooler now. And so my bedtime has adjusted quite significantly. <laughs> and even five is becoming a challenge for me. So I've got to, it does. It feels so good to get those things, to have movement, to have some reflection time. It is certainly my optimal time for doing any sort of deep writing work. So it it feels so wonderful to get that all done in the morning. But it's been it's been hard for me to to adjust to not going to bed at nine o'clock. <laughs> yeah, not for sure. And it's you know that. And my, my life will 100% adjust as my kids stay up later, then I'll need to modify the schedule and all that good stuff too. So, yeah. but for now we will uh, make hay while the sun is shining as the saying goes. Absolutely. Yeah. That's fantastic. And don't, don't get me wrong. I don't like to wake up at three 40 in the morning, <laughs> right? It's not like I'm like, yes, let's go. <laughs> I literally, I literally wake up and it, it hurts. I'm like, okay, everything that I want is on the other side of this alarm. And I get up and I go get on the bike. Yeah. That's really, that's, that's just really impressive. So it's not just your natural instinct to pop out of bed at three 40. No, it's, it's a, it is it is a sacrifice, 
And I'm assuming the rest of your household is still sound asleep. For sure. Yeah. My yeah. wife's a yogi, so she'll wake up. She usually gets up at 530 and, and, and sometimes goes to a studio or at least we'll do a class here at the house. So, yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that like, yes, that that seems like a, a reasonable hour. I like <laughs> I'm just I'm very impressed. That's a, that's amazing. And to like not and to just like the motivation to then get on your bicycle. That's incredible. Like what gets me out of bed in the morning is that my husband is up before me and I can smell the coffee. Mm, there you and go. And that is what gets my two feet out of bed. <laughs> I'm not sure that my uh, spin bike would be, would do it for me. So good for you. Well, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you know, what, so really, do you have podcasts that you listen to that you are able to draw inspiration from that really kind of help m motivate you to start the podcast and even the format? What was it that that really drew me to the format? I think probably not. I'm a Joe Rogan Experience fan, so I listen to his podcasts, and they're the opposite of mine. You know, very obviously. different format. Mm -hmm. They're a lot longer. But I, I also I have all the respect in the world for frequent podcasters. I I I listen to not quite as much Tim Ferriss anymore, but I respect and appreciate his podcast. I listen to Lewis Howe's School of Greatness podcast. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of sports podcasts I listen to. I love Bill Simmons. Just when I'm wanting to zone out a little bit and not learn. I listen to Sam Harris. I listen to Jordan Peterson. I listen to Russell Brand. I love that guy. He is, oh my he gosh. He is awesome. A, what a wonderful human being he is. And just just so, yep. so wonderful and necessary these days. Um, Very deep thinker. Like much more than what you would ever, I mean... The, the Russell brand that I was introduced to through movies is not the Russell brand that I've experienced through podcasting. Yeah, it's Very crazy. Different. I got into, um, I wanted to have more energy. And I remember back in 2015, I was just dragging in the afternoons. I'm like, I need more energy. And so I just started to go down the rabbit hole of how, how, how can I optimize and get some more energy? And I found meditation. I found transcendental meditation on YouTube. And it was Howard Stern talking about it. Oprah was talking about it. Seinfeld and Russell Brand. I'm like, whoa, Russell Brand. And he was talking about spirituality. And so I was coming from it with the same perspective as you had, this sort of whimsical, kind of a foolish character. And so that was my first introduction to him. And now just to watch his evolution has been amazing. He's a literally, I'm sure he's genius level intellect, mm -hmm. uh, but a very, very deep thinker and so empathetic and caring. And so if you're not listening to Under the Skin, I definitely uh, encourage you to do that. Yeah, no, that's a fantastic recommendation. You know, I think that those are all like incredibly inspirational podcasts. Are there any that you listen to that are kind of under the radar a bit? Even industry podcasts? Are you a fan? my faith in the financial industry restored by the guests that I had on the show and that I have on the show. If you were just asking me what my thoughts are on the financial industry, I'd say it's a bunch of BS and it's, it's, it's unnecessary complexity and it's an entire industry based on the illusion of skill. But I've had so many wonderful, thoughtful, caring advisors on that I've learned so much from. I'm not just saying that. But no, I do not listen to other financial podcasts, not 
you know, not for any other reason. I'm confident that there's a lot of really, really good ones out there. I'm like looking at my phone, trying to remember what other podcasts that I'm listening to that I've not uh, sort of touched on. But I think that those are really the ones. I, I, I got it. I started listening to the No Sleep podcast. Oh, you, have you no. heard of this one? Not familiar. No, tell it me about a, it. It is a horror podcast, <laughs> and it is amazing. It so it lives up to its title. Oh my gosh! And I, I listen to it like before I go to bed, which is such a bad idea. But that show, it must have, it, it has thousands of episodes, and it is. People like submit their stories and oh. then they have this team of people who read the stories. So it's, it's, they're, they're so well done and the production is, is great. So that is a, just, it's scary. So if you don't like scary stuff, you're not going to like no sleep, but man, it is, it is a great show. It sounds like a really unique production. And are these fiction or nonfiction or is it a mix of both? Well, I mean, Brandy, isn't that isn't that kind of it? I mean, is, is it real? That's is the there mystery. really a monster under your know. bed? I, I don't know. Are there <laughs> monsters in the woods? I, I, I don't know. I feel like that should be some of your some of your early morning writing. Yeah, well, maybe write a story. Maybe to be it shared. is. Yes, <laughs> perhaps. Yes, I should start doing that. Probably won't. I probably won't do that. <laughs> maybe I will. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it sounds like maybe it's something that might already be in the works. Well, that is something I really enjoyed writing when I was in high school. And I should have been an English major in college. I sort of screwed that one up. And then I stopped writing for, for like forever. So I'm 43. And I, I, I listened to a podcast. Here's another one that I don't listen to very often. The Moment with Brian Koppelman. Brian Koppelman is a TV producer. He did yeah. Billions or does Billions. Yeah. And he had on Julia Cameron, yeah, who uh, wrote The Artist's Way. I'm actually looking at the book. And this is, if if people take one thing away from the show, it's get a copy of The Artist's Way and read it. No matter what you do, this is such a wonderful book. It is an absolute masterpiece, but it's all about nurturing your 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 inner creative and how to do that. And she talks gives really practical stuff and mindset and philosophical stuff. But she talks about her morning pages and how she writes three pages every morning, no matter what. And it could just be writing the words morning pages, three, three, three pages. It's just getting your brain to write, to write, to write. And so I thought, well, I don't think I can write three pages every morning, but I bet I can write one page every morning. And so that was probably a year ago. And I just started doing that. And that's what really got me into writing again. And now I write a thousand words a day. And it's just because of getting in the habit of that. So I, I am not at a loss for things to write about because this is the longest answer to the question yet. <laughs> I will top this one eventually. But I started a website, a blog for Lifeblood. And so obviously there's podcast episodes, but then there's written content. And so I write a lot, but then our guests also submit written content to the site yeah. as well. And so I try and write in as many of the six different areas. We have six really key areas that, that we focus on, but there's an inexhaustible number of topics, obviously, to write about and think about. So I'm not at a loss for words, but to answer your question, I've not written horror 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be it'll, it'll be the next phase but I, that's really that's really cool the artist way everyone needs to check that out if you haven't already and a, a thousand words and how long have you been doing that exercise i just wrote uh i just finished my 100th post a couple of weeks ago wow and i write five days a week now i started out right just like with the podcast i would write one or two posts a week and now i'm at in a rhythm where I'm able to do the thousand words in the morning before I start my day. And then it usually takes me about 45 minutes at some point throughout the rest of the day to actually finish everything up and post it. So, well, and I'm sure that the, the increase in, in the podcast cadence has inspired some of the content that you're for sure. Yeah. That's the inspiration that I get. I mean, when I'm talking to brilliant people, they'll just give you an idea and you sort of ruminate on it and then you want to expand or put your spin on it. Um, so the inspiration is is immense. Yeah, that's really cool. There's been so many, uh, I guess, happy outcomes from podcasting for you. Before we push record on this conversation, you mentioned that the, you know, being named the top 100 financial advisor is a byproduct of the podcast in a sense. Without question. There's a lot of different ways to to measure one's success and particularly in, in the financial realm, but that I've been recognized for the efforts of First Money Savage and now Lifeblood and been named to that list of the 100 most influential financial advisors is just directly because of the podcast. So, and I can't quantify what the value, what 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 value that has brought to my career, but it's immense just from a credibility standpoint and in a world where we're trying to differentiate ourselves in any way that we can. So certainly the podcast has, that is, people are always asking, have you monetized your show or are you making any money from your show? And I'd be happy to talk about that more in depth, but without question, that being named to that list has been immensely valuable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone, it reminds me a lot of when blogs became popular and, you know, it started off with a few folks and then it expanded to hundreds, thousands, millions. And and then people were like, well, I'm starting this to monetize and, and podcasts are very similar. You know, I, I think that my personal belief is starting a podcast to, to make money off of it is a really terrible idea, <laughs> but I would be curious to hear your thoughts just in, in monetizing. Obviously you've seen some, a ton of success in, in your career, but have there been other ways that you have monetized a podcast? Yeah. So I think that I agree with you that if you're starting a podcast to make money, then you better have a, a pretty robust business plan for how you're going to make that happen. Mm -hmm. And you better be ready to, to do something that's unique and special to really differentiate yourself. It certainly can be done. There are people that make a ton of, ton of money on, on podcasting. So I wouldn't dissuade anybody from doing that, but let's enter with eyes wide open. When you hear people like Gary Vee talk about how it took him 10 years of doing the wine library show on YouTube to ever have anybody start paying attention to him. And I also listened to uh, Real AF, which is Andy Frisella. I don't mm -hmm. know. I can't believe I forgot yep. that. And he had the 
mother effing CEO project first. Uh, <laughs> so he's a very famous podcaster and he talks about how it took him 10 years. So it's going to take you a long time. So if, if you're willing to commit to that and keep building it, then yeah, there's an opportunity that, that you'll make money directly from your podcast. So for me, while I can't quantify it, certainly getting on the list, I've become an extraordinarily better financial advisor because of the people that I've had on the show and the conversations I've been, I've been able to have, but then a very much, a much more well-rounded, better human being, because I've talked about other things more so than just the personal finance money piece. I've created tons of relationships that have led to business opportunities that have resulted in direct revenue because of the show, because of the relationships that I've built lots like tens of thousands of dollars, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of opportunities there. And I also do, I, I do monetize through ads. Occasionally people pay me directly to come on the show and to have the show expedited and um, just turn it around quickly. So there are lots of different ways to make money from the podcast. I mentioned that I've now turned the show into a blog and on the site, this is maybe going to be that longer answer that, that, that I told you about just a second ago. I figured out that so many of our guests, now that we've had 1,500 guests, are coaches, consultants, they're authors, they have courses. And I discovered we have this kind of a unique opportunity to create a self-contained ecosystem where, where a listener can come and obviously listen, but then they can read written content from our guests. They can engage in courses from our guests. They can get coaching from our guests. And so that's that's really what we've created on, on the site. So there's going to be an our opportunities to monetize it based on that as well. And as the world continues to enjoy podcasts even more and more, and we're looking for more experiences and opportunities to create community, that's really an area that I'm moving into and have been working hard at figuring out how to foster and nurture community as well. So yeah, I mean it's it's pretty incredible, George. You're able to leverage so many different aspects of your podcast, and and monetization looks different, uh, you know, through your business, through advertisement, through having guests come on, but wanting to have their episode pushed ahead. Perhaps they have a product release or a book release or something's happening in their world that it's important for them to create some buzz. Um, and creating that ecosystem, that's really incredible. And I think that that's something that people don't necessarily think about. I think when you're considering monetization and advertisement, it's like pre-roll, mid-roll, you know, that's where our heads go. But there's so many other ways to and directions to take that. And I, you know, it's interesting when we work with our clients because, you know, we're placing our clients on podcasts as a means to gain greater visibility for them personally, for their brands, whatever that might be. But hearing all the different ways in which they are able to capture ROI from podcasting. And it's not necessarily always about you know, getting new clients or getting somebody to purchase their product. It's all these other things like developing relationships, being asked to speak at an event. Maybe you get VC funding from somebody who's was tuning into a podcast. So there's just, there's the obvious and the not so obvious. So thank you for covering all of those. For sure. For sure. And I sort of lucked into it, or I don't know if lucky is the term, 
I mistakenly did it because I just started an alumni monthly newsletter going out to all the past guests and hey, here's who was on there. If you want to be connected to anybody, let me know. And so now looking back on that, I'm really glad that I did. I'm really glad that I stayed in touch and I'll have people uh, just reach out and say, hey, you know what? I really appreciate you, you know, keeping tabs on or just keeping me up to date with everything. No other podcast do that. And so it's just, you know, a lot, so much of success in life is just the little things and trying to be intentional about things. And I'm not soliciting anybody or anything like that. It's just, here's an update of what's going on with the show kind of a thing. And let me know if you want to be connected. So it's more of an offer. So yeah, reciprocity. I mean, it's like you're offering yourself up to help people out, however that might look for them. Exactly. I want to take a step back. This was like two questions ago, maybe even three, but you touched very briefly on success and and what that looks like. And it's it's interesting because I have my nine-year-old, we were having carpool conversations last night and he was asking me about success. He was like, what, is, what does success even mean? Like, is that money? And I was like, well, it means different things for different folks, you know, like for me, it's purpose. That's success for, you know, feeling like I'm making impact and and doing things that are influencing or having positive effect on people around me. So what does success look like for you, George? Yeah, I think that the, it's, it's, it's all those things. And I think it's cool when you have kids ask questions like that. I mean, they're thinking about it. I've been spending a good amount of time talking about and thinking about and writing about what it really means to be wealthy and mm-hmm. success is is sort of just right right adjacent to that. And for me, being successful is being able to do the work that I want to do. And in order to figure out what kind of work you want to do, you need to really think about that. So in order to live how you want to live, you need to figure out how it is you want to live. So in order... And then that's going to equate to, okay, am I able to do that? Well, therefore, then I'm successful. And what impact am I interested in having? What kind of work am I interested in doing? What changes in my life am I interested in making? Am I interested in being able to run a mile? Am I interested in being able to whatever? So it's setting a goal, setting your intention, working towards doing that, and then doing it every day and being consistent with it. So... There are months where the podcast will get so many downloads and it's super exciting. And then months where it's less so. Well, when, when it's less so, that doesn't mean I'm not successful. And if I if 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 that's what I start to think, then 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 I'm I'm going to really fail there. I think that this is the key. I think that a lot of the time we think about success in the wrong way. We think about once I achieve this thing, then I'm going to be successful. And once I achieve it and I'm successful, then I'm going to feel a certain way. And that is so flawed because we may never get there. So I may never win the Super Bowl. So think about it like this. If I were an Olympic, an aspiring Olympic athlete, me saying, once I win the gold medal, then then I'm going to start working hard. I'm going to start eating right. I'm going to wake up early. I'm going to do all these things once that happens. Well, that's crazy, right? Yeah. Because in order for me to win the, the gold medal, I need to be doing do all, all those these things. things. Yeah. So for me, that's what success is, is 
understanding this is the impact I want to have. These are the results that I want to have. And I'm going to be focused every day on doing the things that I believe, because I don't know, but I'm pretty sure if I do these things every day consistently, then I'm going to get the result that I want. But along the way, my identity is that of a successful person, that I already have those things, because I already do, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool and interesting. I think I I read an article in The Atlantic a couple months ago about satisfaction and how a lot of us have this benchmark of once I achieve this, then everything is is going to be great. Mm-hmm. You know, having a bucket list. Well, as soon as you achieve that or you check everything off your list, then you just you strive for more. Like the satisfaction's never there. So coming up with this, with whatever it is that you can practice daily to kind of build this pattern. And it's not, it's not achieving a certain thing, but it's just identifying what it is that's important to you in your life and maintaining that. And then the author said the, like almost the exact same thing that you did where he's like, I got to this place where like meditating was really important to me, being out in nature. So as long as I'm doing those things every day, like that's satisfaction. Yeah. At least the closest thing that I can get to it. I love it. That sounds like a really smart person. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a really fantastic article. Maybe like sit back and I was like, oh gosh. It was a it was a commitment. It was pretty long, but um well worth it. Well there it. you go. <laughs> I've always fancied myself an introspective person and, 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 and a pretty thoughtful person, but starting to write again, that is, that is when you really, I found that I've really crystallized and clarified my thinking about things because mm-hmm. you're sitting in a quiet room, hopefully, and you've got a pen and a paper and you're, you're, you're alone with your thoughts and you're like, what is it that makes me successful? How do I want to spend my time? What do I want to do for myself and for others? What impact do I want to have? I mean, we all know that we're supposed to have goals, Brandy. We don't goals write them down. Important. But we never think about them. We never actually write them down. And that was me up until about 35. I finally started writing my goals down. So being able to have conversations like you did with uh, with with your nine-year-old, just an invaluable thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I would have been able to answer him. 10 years ago, I the way sure that I would now, yeah. you know, like thinking about what it, what it all means and what matters to you. And so it's, it's, it's important to have some reflection time, whether that be writing every day, just sitting with your thoughts and really thinking about what motivates and drives you. It's important. Yeah. The unexamined life is not worth living, right? That's right. That's absolutely right. So let's take it back to podcasting. And as we wrap this conversation up, what three pieces of advice would you give to folks who are looking to start a podcast? Maybe they're already well into their podcasting journey, maybe looking for a pivot, whatever it might be. Three pieces of advice. Three pieces of advice to uh, podcasting. So this is something that I, I for sure should just be able to rattle off pretty quickly. But <laughs> There's probably more than three, though. So narrowing it down to three can be challenging. Oh, for sure. And uh, and I'm guilty of just being of, of, of doing podcasts versus thinking about the podcast. But 
my show has definitely continued to grow and evolve. And I am, I'm always interested in figuring out ways to make the show better. So a lot of it has stayed very, very, very similar. The show is very simple. I do not do a lot of production, but I guess number one would be to just continue to refine it and don't be worried about changing it because it's your show. So you can do whatever you want and and go ahead and make those decisions, but don't just do it uh, capriciously. You know, be thoughtful about it. So when you are thinking about making a pivot or a change or expanding one way or another, I wouldn't spend too much time worrying about what what are other people going to think about me because they're probably going to think whatever they're going to think about you anyway. So you might as well do what's going to make you happy. Yeah, do do what do what drives you and makes you happy, right? Who cares. Yeah. And I definitely I think that that people should embrace systems and processes and as much automation as possible and simple automation. Just there are certain days that I do all, all, all the different activities. So on Thursdays, I send out just messages saying, Hey, your, your, your show is going to air next week on this day. So I'll send out to all seven of them and I'll send out reminders to everybody that I'm going to be interviewing that coming week on Thursday. And so they'll know, Hey, here's the format. Here's how we're going to record all that stuff. And then I'll follow up in the same way. So all that happens. And I just get everything ready the night before for the shows that are going to be pushed out the next morning and all that good stuff. So it's just as many different systems and processes as, as possible. So I, I, I guess that's one. And just understanding that, that your feelings and your experiences with podcasting are going to change over time. I remember when I started my podcast with my buddy Centauri in 2016, it was like the coolest thing in the world to, to do the interview. And it still is, but it was like this big deal. And I'd actually listened to the recording when I got home after doing it. And now I don't listen to my show ever. So your enthusiasm is just going to change and evolve over time. And that's just sort of a natural, a natural thing. And I was going to say something else, but uh, but I think I lost my train of thought there. <laughs> but just 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 know that the show is going to your 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 feelings about it are going to change and evolve, and being flexible and fluid, but also super organized. Because without doing that, I, I think it, it 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 can become more of a chore and more of a job than anything else, and that will you know sort of steal some of the passion away. So the more organized you can be and the more prepared you can be, that will allow you to be as present with 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 your guest as as you possibly can be. And what I know for sure is that one of the greatest gifts that you can give somebody is your undivided attention. And so this should go without saying, but you need to be a good listener to be a podcaster. So this is this is this is four and and should be number one. You need to be a curious, good listener mm-hmm. and you need to ask questions and then just let the other person talk. Even if you're super excited about interjecting and saying something, the guest should be the star of the show. If you want to be the star of your show, we'll then have another episode where it's just you talking, but you need to give your guest the time to answer the question and give them the space. Make sure you're listening and ask for clarification just to draw more, draw more stuff out of them. And if you do that, Podcasting is so wonderful because there aren't that many opportunities where two people can have this interaction where it's just them locked in for an hour or 20 minutes or whatever. 
And so it's an opportunity to develop a, a unique relationship in a really short amount of time. So I think that respecting that and embracing that and making sure that you're ready to keep that space is, uh, is a pretty cool opportunity. Oh, those are all really great pieces of advice. The listening component is especially important if you are not a good listener. Podcasting might not be right. the best medium for you. I had a guest on a couple months ago, and he was talking about a quote from Pulp Fiction where a John Travolta's character is asking Mia Wallace, do you, or maybe it was the other way around. I'm not sure. Anyway, the whole point being, the question was, do you listen or do you wait to talk? Mm. So listening, huge. Yeah. And it's a skill. It's a skill that you can get better at, but just, just, just be intentional about that. Been throwing around a lot of buzzwords. Gotta be intentional about it. <laughs> you got two ears and one mouth, dummy. Listen up. Stop talking. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> George, this has been great. I uh, would love to wrap this conversation with one final question. And it's, it's, it's a little, it's something that we actually sometimes ask in our interviews here at KitCaster. And it is, if you were a kitchen utensil, what would you be and why? That's an awesome question. I, I absolutely love that. And <laughs> what would I be? Hmm. Oh, there's a lot of them. There's yeah, a lot I was of just going through. Utensils. I was just going through the most the the ones that I frequently use, and mm -hmm. you know, a knife has a lot of utility. There's probably a hammer of of some kind in a kitchen, but probably not necessarily that. I would have used to. <laughs> I used to would have told people before that I was a hammer for sure. <laughs> But part of the maturation process has taught me that uh, there's, there's, a bit. The, 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 there's this quote and it said in life, you're either the hammer or you're the anvil. And I'd say I'm, I'm the hammer, right? I don't let things happen to me. I'm out there hitting things. <laughs> and through part of the maturation process, I would never understood when, when somebody said, you got to let things come to you. I'm like, what are you talking about? Let things come to me. No, I, I, I go do things, <laughs> but I have learned to let things come to me. So I'm definitely not the hammer. And now you're like, what in the world kind of kitchen do you have? You have a hammer in your kitchen. Oh, people like a have rubber... hammers. Yeah, where they like have to, like if you want to flatten a, you know, piece of chicken or, you know, yeah. there's, there's certain things. Maybe you want to crush some some cashews for a salad. Yeah, yeah hammer. Right. Yes, sure. 100%. Kitchen hammer. But you're not um, that. That's what George would that. have been maybe 10 years ago. But right. maybe something. No, probably probably like three Brandy, probably just three, probably three <laughs> years ago. I mean, let's not <laughs> give you more credit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm on the path to uh, enlightenment, but we're not nearly there yet. Uh, kitchen utensil. I'm probably the oven. Yeah, right. you didn't right. see that one coming, did you? I that, didn't. That's an appliance. At all. That's not a utensil. You know that's what? Utensil. Yeah, but that's okay. I've had actually, I've had a handful of people go the appliance route. I mean, I guess it depends, like how you. What your so, interpretation of a utensil is. I think that my unique gift is I position people for success. So, mm -hmm. and that's why I think that I'm a good podcast host. I think that I'm able to help them articulate their story. And really, I feel like I'm able to help people bring the best out of people. 
And so whatever that would be, if that's a serving dish or table itself, sort of, you know, set the table, bring it out for them, something like that. Yeah. So how's that for an answer without actually answering your question? Maybe we should just stick with hammer. (laughs) I think think the serving dish seems really appropriate. There you go. For, you know, for what you bring to the world, I, I think serving dish is it. You could be a serving spoon too. I mean, there's, you know serving it all up serving tray yeah all the Perfect. serving things <laughs> i love it i love it probably a bottle opener i'm i i, I am a wine opener yes okay all right we're there yes <sighs> finally got there finally landed the plane let's <laughs> let's talk about what's really going on here randy <laughs> we're okay bottle opener too oh my perfect gosh. that's perfect yeah. yes <laughs> And like opening people up, right? Yes. Yeah. To their greatest potential. (laughs) Perfect. I like it. (laughs) George, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on Hosted, sharing your insight, diving into some deep things. All very good. So loved having you on. For those of you listening, please go check out Lifeblood. It is a fantastic podcast. Give George a a rate and review. Also, just connect with George. He's an amazing human. And I'm assuming you're up for conversation. Of course. I'm just like throwing you out there, but. For sure. Yeah, just connect and. Love to connect. I'm on social media. My last name is Grombacher. It's G-R-O-M-B-A-C-H-E-R. So happy to connect wherever you're into connecting. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me, Brandy. You are a wonderful host and I really enjoyed speaking with you. Thanks, George. All right. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to Hosted, a podcast brought to you by Kitcaster, a podcast booking agency. If you want to find out more about Kitcaster, about Hosted, find us on all of the relevant social channels and tune in to more episodes of Hosted. Take care.